y'all in Jesus' name. What a beautiful psalm. Thank you, praise team, for leading us in that. Um, just a few weeks ago, uh, my family and I took a, a trip out west, kind of like the, the Griswolds, and one of the places we stopped uh, was in the Badlands, South Dakota. Has anybody ever been to the Badlands, South Dakota? It's a unique area. You know, it's kind of really weird and beautiful all at the same time. Just these crazy mountains that just bust out. Um, one of my kids um, wants to grow up and work for NASA and go to Mars. I don't know who prayed that over her. Thanks, you know. But no, really, she's so excited. So one of the things um, that we did while we were out there is we stayed in the Badlands. It's one of the best places in the country to see the night sky because of just how isolated it is. Um, so we watched the sunset in an area called Bigfoot Bluff, which was really pretty. And then we waited for the stars to come out. We laid at the bed of the truck and just looked at the stars for a long time. Absolutely wonderful. Um, just last week, the Webb Telescope, I don't know if anybody's following that, absolutely phenomenal, this telescope that NASA has sent up into the outer space area, has been taking pictures and sending pictures back for us to see. This next picture that we're going to show is currently the deepest picture of the universe that humanity has ever seen. If you look at this, all right, and I'm not an astrophysicist. I know some of you may think that I was a, that was a I could have gone one or two ways, and I went this way. But these here, um, each, of those, each of the lights that's like a starburst, like there's one, two, three, four, five, like small. There's five or six of them there that are little bitty starburst lights. Those are stars that this telescope has been taking pictures of and sending back. Infrared, lots of imagery. This is wild to me, and I don't fully understand all of it, but every other light on that screen that's not a starburst is a picture of an entire galaxy that is hundreds and thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of light years away. For those that grew up in the 90s and learned my very earnest mother did. Did anybody else do that to learn the planets, right? So you got Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Is it a planet or not? Who thinks Pluto is a planet? Raise your hand. You're chosen. That's because it is. And <laughs> science is wrong. But no, knowing that whether you're on whatever side you're on that one, it's fine. But knowing that those planets represent our solar system that's rotating around the sun. We have one solar system of ours. That's those nine planets or eight rotating around the sun. And we are one of thousands and thousands of solar systems that exist in the Milky Way galaxy. And every one of these lights, other than the few stars, represents an entire galaxy in a place far, far away. That's wild, right? To know that this one picture represents hundreds and hundreds of thousands of planets all across the universe. What's even more wild to me than that is that all these galaxies represented in this picture were taken out of a size in space. So they shot this like, giant telescope into one spot that's the size of a grain of sand held at arm's length away. Which means if you go outside tonight and look up and glance all around and ask yourself, how big would a grain of sand about this big be? That's what the image would look like if you were able to see into the distance which means that our universe is massive. Sometimes when I see pictures like that, or you want to lay in the bed of the truck and just look up at the stars, I feel kind of small. Anybody ever been there? I mean, we're not very big in this place. There's a lot going on in the universe. 
But y'all, I want you to know today, as we get into 1 Thessalonians 3 in just a little bit, that not only does the creation declare the majesty of the Lord, which it does. To me, even more than that, I know the one who created this. And he knows me. And he wants to have conversations with us. So we have one of two routes to go when these pictures start coming in. There's going to be a lot more. They're actually apparently sending people to Mars. Somebody in my family, (laughs) we'll see, you know. But knowing that we can either go the route of, man, we're just a tiny little speck on a third rock from the sun floating around in space. Or we can choose to believe Trust in the one that created it, who says, no, 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 I create all that, but I also created you. I will make the impossible possible. For not only did he create you, he wants to know you on an intimate level. And to know that he created all of this for us to see and experience for all of eternity together. You are not alone. I don't mean that in like an E.T. kind of sense. Like, you're not alone in this place. You see, sometimes I don't have to look up at the stars. I don't do that very often. Or look at images from the web telescope coming back. I just live life. Anybody else? Who has lived life this week? Anybody been alive? Like, we've all been there. Y'all, there are times in all of our lives, very likely with a crowd this size, there are people gathered here today or listening online that currently feel as if you were the only person in existence knowing what you were going through. That it's you against the rest of the universe. If that is you, one, man, I'm glad you're here. But two, I want you to know that even if other people around you don't know what it's like to be you, even if other people around you are currently not acknowledging what's going on, you always serve a God who takes time to notice us and to meet us where we are. God created us to be in community. When he created Adam and Eve, a lot of fun, sent them out, they sinned, fell down the second page of the Bible. What does the scripture say? It says, the Lord went to walk with Adam in the cool of the evening, as was their normal time. And he said, Adam, my interpretation, where'd you go? It's time for a walk. What does that mean? God created humanity to be with him. To walk with him in the cool. You ever been on a nice, cool walk when it's just calm and beautiful on the beach or at your street? Just what that feels like to know that God created us for it. He created us to be loved by him and to be loved by others who love him. Paul knew that this was difficult because the world is pretty fallen and it's a lot of a mess. So he wrote this letter to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 3 to give instructions as to why it is not good for us to be alone. Why did God not create us to be alone? In a universe that's that big, there's a lot of person thinking, a lot of people thinking, we're all by ourselves out here. For me, I serve a God every day in a church every day who reminds me that I'm not going through this on my own. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. 1 Thessalonians 3, 7 and 8. When Paul writes, he's writing to this group of people. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, which means he's a Christian, he's following Jesus. He is also experiencing distress and affliction. In all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. We live if you are standing fast 
in the Lord. Paul's salvation is in Jesus, and he knows that. He's not questioning salvation or his purpose or why he was created. But here, he's sharing from his heart because he misses this group of people and is being encouraged by them to continue living the life that he's living after hearing the stories about the things that they are doing. What does that mean for me? Every person on this planet needs encouragement, even the Christians. There may be some people out there that are following the Lord that say, once you start following Jesus, you'll never have a difficult day. You'll never go through distress. You'll never have affliction. You'll never struggle. I must be a bad Christian because there have been days in my life where I have had distress and affliction and struggle. But in those days, I have also found other people who have encouraged me through the faith to walk with me. Not always having the answers, but having a presence to say, I am here and we will get through this. Paul needed encouragement, and he's the greatest missionary to ever walk on the planet. So if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, and you feel as if you need encouragement in your life, that is not a weakness. It is an ability for the Lord to be lifted up by allowing someone else to love and minister to you. And it starts with allowing the Lord to do that. Christians need encouragement too. Verse 10 says this in 1 Thessalonians 3, as we pray most earnestly night and day, he's doing a lot of praying, that we may see you face to face. I love that line, that we may see you face to face. Something happens when you get together. And supply, what is lacking in your faith? Paul wants to see these folks face to face. Isn't it fun when you get to just go home, if you've been away for a while, you've been around away from friends a while, and everybody gets together at a cookout or a ball game and just hanging out? Something happens there. We're encouraged and we're reminded of one another's presence. Paul knew that faith needs community. In order to have effective faith, you have to have community. To have salvation, you need Christ alone. But to have a growing, deeper relationship with the Lord, the Lord, I believe, and so does Paul, according to Scripture, calls us into community with other believers. If, we, if you're currently trying to believe all by yourself, I do not believe you will be able to believe for very long. Now, that does not mean you can be a Christian. I have some that have told me I don't need a church. I don't need a community of faith. I can believe in God all by myself. I hear you, but I disagree with you greatly. And I do not believe that any individual that is currently living a solo faith in this world away from a community of believers is currently within the will of God because God created us to be in community with other people. Can you be saved and in that category? 100%. Can you have a growing, deeper relationship with the Lord? I think you need at least one or two other people. God created us to be in community with others, to meet the needs of faith. Have you ever read something in the Bible and thought, I have no idea what that means? I did that three times this week, right? What is good about having a community, other people around who go, I'm struggling with that too. Let's talk, let's pray, let's seek to know that God created us to have one another. We need to have community first with the lord have the community have the relationship love the lord that's where it starts and then allow that to transcend and say now with love one another we need to have community with other followers of jesus christ in our church today we have lots of of needs for our community so if you're wondering today man i'm kind of new to lake point a lot of good things going on. I want you to know that we, we have a need for you here in this place. I was pretty honest with first service. We'll do it again, like in second service here. When our church family was 100, 200, 
300, 400, I felt like I was trying to do a pretty good job of making every hospital call and making every nursing home once a week and seeing every shut-in once a week and visiting and ministering to. But y'all, one thing I'm struggling with is I'm finding that now that we're getting close to 600 a week, I'm not able to effectively minister like I used to to everybody at the same time. What does that mean for us? One, trying, you know, we got to work on some of that. There's some iron sharpens iron. But also, I've been reminded that the Lord is, I think, reminding me, like, no, because it's not just my job. It's our job to love one another well, to visit with one another when we're sick, to go see family members of church people when they're in the hospital, when people come home, when people are sending kids off to college, when they're dropping kids off on their first day of kindergarten. We need the community of faith. And I'm thankful for this one. Right now, today, I think we have six or seven, maybe, small group leaders for this next year. For a congregation that's close to 600 people, that's not enough. We need more. We need lots of group leaders and people who, along the way out of first service, had, it was awesome. People say, I want to go to the hospitals. I want to go to the nursing home. I want to, I was, yes, we can do that together, knowing that our faith needs community. Some of the most difficult walks in my faith life, God has allowed other people of faith to walk alongside me in those same times going, I don't really know what we're going to do here, but we're going to go with you on this journey. God created us to be in community. If you currently feel like you are all alone, I'm glad you're here. And I pray that in the next little bit, the Lord will show you and remind you that he didn't create you to feel like that. He created you to be in relationship with him and with other people. He says this in verse 12. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. See, other faith traditions, other religions have done I think done pretty well with the first part of that. But Paul's a follower of Jesus, and Jesus doesn't stop with the easy stuff. So Jesus says to Paul, and then Paul says to other people, and we're saying it to one another, pray for increase, abound in love for one another. It'd be pretty sweet, right, if it said another one another, period. Like those that agree with you, those that think like you, those that go to church with you, those that follow Jesus. But Paul doesn't say that. He says, may you increase and abound in love for one another, that's the body of believers, and for all. That's everybody else. Let's raise your hand on the count of three if you know one person you do not like. One, two, no, don't raise your hand. Right? Easy, easy, front row. That's what I'm talking about. Like, I got some names. Let's do an altar call. Like, no, it, we all have folks, if you are living a life that's real, that you're going to run into and sometimes maybe struggle with thinking, I wish I were somewhere other than right here, Okay. God wants us to love all people. He doesn't say we're called to like and hang out with and chit-chat. He understands that. But he knows how our hearts are because he created our hearts. He knows what our minds are like because he created our minds. He knows that if we get to a place where we begin to harbor bitterness or anger or hatred towards someone else, it will infringe on our relationship with him. And it will distract us from who he created us to be. So he says difficult things. Love one another. The people you like, Love the ones you don't like. We might read that and go, that was cute back in Bible days. This is 2022 USA. You know what I mean? You know what kind of people are living today? I fully believe if you'd had a couple of volunteers from the church of Thessalonica come in here this morning, they would be able to tr- shut us down when it comes to praying for people that don't like you. 
Paul's writing this stuff for real, y'all. He said, there's people trying to hurt your families, trying to burn your church down. They want to throw you in jail. They want to kill you for your faith. And they're like, yeah, let's go. And Paul says, let's go. Love them. I'm like, you crazy, what? Why would Paul write that? It's because Paul knew the Lord hadn't reached some of those folks yet. And he knew even more than that, that that's what Jesus did. That's why nowhere in this book you say love people like Danny loves them because I struggle with that sometimes. It says love them like God loves them. What does that mean for us today? To me, I've been reminded that we need to love, we need God's love to love others like God. We need God's love to love others like God. If you currently feel like you are burning both candle at each end, you're just running, you're serving, you're ministering, you're loving, you're visiting, you're Bible studying, you're praying, you're leading, you're teaching, you're preaching, and you're just worn, slap out. Could it be that for some of us, the Lord is whispering through the Holy Spirit to come and sit at his feet and remember who we are in him? It's hard loving people we don't like, which is why we need to first start with remembering God's love for us. Camp out there for a while. The Lord must make this happen. They were to love the church and everyone else, including those who were persecuting them. Love is the hallmark of true spiritual growth. Love is a choice to serve someone for his or her own good. It is a decision of the will, which is why we can and should love people even when we do not like them. We choose to love, and then we ask God to help our emotions catch up. Called to be like Jesus. Jesus never looked into the eyes of anyone he did not love. He disagreed with quite a few folks, and he was willing to tell them, but he chose to love all of them. Why? He was completely in tune with the love of God, which was calling him to share that love with other people. Tony Evans once said, connectivity with a solid, biblically-centered local church is indispensable for properly progressing in the Christian life. Our prayer for everyone gathered and hearing these words right now is that you would know that you have a connection to the Lord, the creator of the universe through Jesus Christ, his son, and that same Lord calls us to be in connection and relationship with other people. If you've ever been through a season of life where you felt that you were completely alone, isn't that terrifying? Whether it was in your mind alone or in everywhere else, if you're like, Lord, it's just me against the world. We want to be the type of people who meet people in those moments of life and say, you are not alone. We are here with you. And we will walk with you as we follow the teachings of Jesus together. One of the groups that our church supports, it's called First Call Pregnancy Center. It's a great organization in Greensboro. It's right down the road. Miss Nina Younger um, is here this morning. She's going to come up and share a couple of things um, about this group. To me, come on up, Miss Nina. One of my favorite things um, about this group is they do just that. When people call or text or email and say things like, and I feel like I'm all alone, they are able to say, you're not alone. We are here with you, and we're going to walk with you as we trust in the Lord together. So as Ms. Nina comes up, we got these. Oh, that's so nice. That's good. Blake, you're really good at that. You're a natural. Did you shave your mustache? That's cool. That's cool there. Miss Nina, come on up. Let me grab one of these for you. Which one? Is this one okay right here? This, this microphone here? Miss Nina, thank you for being here today and for sharing this with our church. Um, she's going to share from her heart a few different things that this group is doing and also share some ways that we can get involved as we, as we trust and say, Lord, help us to love other people as you have loved us. Thank you, Nina. A microphone. <laughs> I didn't have it last time, and I'm not used to holding a microphone, so 
Um, Yes, I'm 90 younger. My kids and and some of my mommies call me Miss Nina because I've been kids all my life. I've never done anything else. It's what I do. I do kids. And now I do mommies too. (laughs) So um, I am Miss Nina. And I am pro-life. I'm pro-life because I'm pro-love. Because God loved me first to give me life. And he did the same for you. And so I was created for this. I was made for this. I was made to do babies. I was made to do mommies. I don't know why he chose me to do that. (laughs) But I've never done anything else. And um, they tell me I'm okay at it. (laughs) Um, But behind me um, are some pictures. This is our sign here. Um, So there are some pictures of First Call inside our baby store and some of our meeting rooms where we meet with our clients and then also um, some of our staff and a couple of our mommies. These babies here were, have been with us for a while. These babies here are probably teenagers by now. (laughs) We've had over 500 babies born in the last 15 years through First Call. 500 babies born live. And that's a beautiful thing. First Call is loved by its community. Loved so much and protected. Some of you may have heard in the news that some pregnancy centers are being attacked. um, And and we pray for those centers and those families that are involved in that centers. Um, But we in Greensboro are loved by our community and well protected. Our police officers are driving by frequently our director bakes them cakes and cookies to ensure their, their love for us. <laughs> um, so remember when you were told, if, you, if you're a female, a woman, when you were pregnant, do you remember that time? Your first, when they first told you you're pregnant and the feeling that instantly hit you the minute they told you that. Maybe fear, maybe excitement, Maybe joy. For some of us, it's fear. Fear, how am I going to do this? How am I going to take care of this baby, pay for this baby, supply this baby, protect this baby for the next 18 plus years? Because we know it doesn't stop at 18, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) But um, when they come to first call and they walk in that door and they get that news... They're going to get loved. They're going to get held. And they're going to get everything that they need through Jesus and through the people that work there and provide the help and love to these mommies. Um, If I could share with you a couple of our stories. One day I was there and um, a mommy came to the door. She didn't even come in. I saw her through the window and she was weeping. And I went out and I gathered her in, and I said, come in, come in, and we went to the room, and she just was crying, and um, she said, I'm pregnant, I'm married, I have two children, but my husband is abusive. What do I do? And she was thinking, her husband was urging her to abort this baby, and she was thinking, that's what I may have to do, because I can't do this. Um, 
she kept coming and she kept coming and she decided to sign up for classes and we loved on her and we found a pastor who could counsel her and and she had that baby and she's wonderful she's gone to college she came to the center so that she could use our wi-fi so that she could take her classes online i mean it, we do whatever we can to help and support and guide these mommies she ended up having to get a divorce but she's a wonderful teacher now and she's doing great and her baby is alive <laughs> and and she's glorious because we helped because we loved her and that's what we're called to do right we're called to love we had another mommy that came in that was pregnant and she was told early in her pregnancy that the baby wouldn't survive she was told that the baby had a condition where its organs were developing outside its body and they were urging her to abort that baby she said no she kept coming to classes she kept coming to first call and she was so encouraged and she learned so much and she was so hopeful that maybe the doctors were wrong unfortunately they weren't but she still came and she got pregnant again and she came back to first call to finish her classes and to gain as much love and support as she could and that baby is fine and born alive and it's a beautiful thing I have another mommy that came in she was full of pep and verve she was married she was adorable we all fell in love with her immediately we couldn't help it her personality just jumped out of her <laughs> and um, she had her baby she went through all the classes even her husband came with her to classes to a few classes and then she got pregnant again and that baby was wonderful but they came with some difficulty and while it was still in the womb they found that it had water on the brain or brain bleed or whatever I don't, something with the brain <laughs> and we were so concerned but she had first call to stand up and pray for her and encourage her and we told her we'll be there every step of the way the baby was born baby had an appointment after the birth no shunt needed baby's fine a few months later several months later baby got really sick really really sick we had to be hospitalized and it was scary we thought we were gonna lose him but we didn't first call prayed every one of us we put the word out we prayed and we prayed and we prayed that baby's sitting in this church today I praise God for this mama that comes here her story is that she she wanted to change she ended up having to go through a divorce but she's here and she comes every Sunday and y'all love on her and this church supports her and that's our goal love others just love her love her through it and I'm so proud of what this church does to show love and what first call does to show love what can we do how can you get involved that's what we really want to know first of all pray please pray for us at first call because there is a there is a level of um, 
uh, you know, just unsurety of knowing, you know, what, what will happen, what will become a first call in this new season that we're under. Um, so please pray for us. Pray for our mommies and all these babies. Visit. We have a website, firstcall.me. Please visit. And, and, and in that, on that website, it tells you all the different ways that you could get involved if you want to be involved in any events that might be coming up. Um, we also are on Facebook, First Call Greensboro. Uh, like and share. <laughs> Part of the problem that we've noticed is that we still run into people that don't know who we are and what we do in, in this community. Greensboro, pretty much because it's so small here. So we want to get the word out. Get the word out. Tell your mommies and, and, and your young girls that we're there for you and, and that we'll love you and we can help you in any way, shape, or form that we need to. Um, God says first to love him. And when we love him, it's easy to love others. <laughs> when we put him first, he gives us everything we need to show love to others. So what does love look like? Love looks like first call. I'll be out front. Also, oh, one more thing. Um, baby bottles. If you haven't heard of our baby bottle campaign, um, I'm going to tell you about it next week. <laughs> we have baby bottles that we bring to churches, and we hand them out to the people, and they take them home, and they fill them with change and checks and whatever. One time it was really... Interesting, we found a diamond ring <laughs> in our bottle. <laughs> um, we didn't quite know what to do with that, but um, we contacted the owner and made sure that's what they meant to do. Um, but uh, baby bottles, you fill it with whatever, ch loose change, checks, whatever, um, and then bring it back to church, and we'll take it back to the center, and that's one way you can donate. It's a nonprofit, so we don't, we don't make money from the government. We don't get anything from the government. Um, but the health department across the street from us uh, sends us their clients sometimes if, if, if it's needed. They'll refer to us. So we have a lot of places in, our, in Greensboro that, that do that also, and you can do that too. Anytime you need see somebody that needs help, you can t tell them to come see us. I have some pamphlets out in the lobby, and I have some brochures I can give you, business card even. And, um, but I just want to thank you for listening to me and thank Danny for having mm -hmm. me and supporting us. Thank you, Ms. Snyder. Thank, well, thank you for it. Church family. Oh, I'll get those in a second. I'll get those. It's okay. Um, church family, as we um, are praying for Ms. Nina and First Call and just what organizations like that are trying to do, we are very thankful. I mean, our prayer at Lake Point is that we would all be aware of areas in our life where other people might feel as if they are alone in a situation not knowing how to navigate through it. And to know that God calls us to be people of faith who meet people where they are and say, we'll walk with you through this journey, becoming more like Jesus together. Let's pray. Um, Lord, we thank you for this chance um, to hear stories like the ones that Miss Nina shared. And Lord, to be reminded in scripture of your call to the church to love others well. Um, Lord, you know us. Um, thank you for allowing us to have a relationship with you. And Lord, thank you for allowing us to have a relationship with other people. 
God, I thank you this week. And you know that some, some weeks get more phone calls like this than others, but I'm thankful for this week, Lord, that three different people in our community reached out and said, we need someone right now. And God, I'm thankful that we serve a church. We serve in a church and we serve a God who calls us to always have an open seat, always willing to answer a phone and say, we're here. We're going to trust the Lord with you. Thank you, Lord, in this big universe of ours for choosing to know us and for inviting us to tell others about you. We pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. If you're able, we invite you to stand with us as we sing our closing song. It's called, O Come to the Altar. If you have something you need to lay at an altar this morning, I'll be up front worshiping. Blakeson, our youth pastor, Will, others are gathered up front. We'd love to pray with you. If you'd like to join so many of the others that just recently have come forward saying they want to trust in the Lord, confess their sins to him, ask Jesus to be Savior, come down. Let us talk to you about that, about baptism or join a church. Or if you see someone come down and say, I, I feel like I'm alone in this type of situation. I just need to be reminded for a few other people that I'm surrounded by God and by a community who's walking with me. The altar's open as we lift our voices together.